the Senior Golfer Advisor, dedicated to helping you, the senior golfer, drive it longer, play better, get healthier, and enjoy the game. I'm your host, Dean Davison. Let's get started. Hello, senior golfers. This is episode three. I've always believed that a round of golf can teach us a lot about ourselves. The very nature of the game is a challenge that never is truly mastered. And it is that challenge that both fascinates us and frustrates the heck out of us. The lessons it teaches, however, are character shaping. For young people, this character building, when framed positively, can help one succeed in the greater game of life itself. This episode is about expanding your enjoyment of golf by using your experience and wisdom to develop young people through the game of golf. Today, we will feature the First Tee Organization. Their mission, impact the lives of young people by providing educational programs that build character, instill life-enhancing values like honesty, integrity, and perseverance, to name just a few, and promote healthy choices through the game of golf. Today, I'm excited to introduce two gentlemen I've had the pleasure and the privilege to work with over the past two years at the First Tee of Greater Seattle. With me today are Evan Johnson, Director of Programs and Development. Evan, glad you could join the show today. Thanks, Dean. Glad to be here. Terrific. And with us is Mike Wims. Mike Wims is a staff coach. He's also in the same demographic as I am. Mike, very good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Dean. Great to be here. Yeah, we're a little bit uh, on the age demographic, a little bit above Evan in this case. So Evan will represent the younger point of view here today. Happy to do that. (laughs) Good, good. So I'm going to first start off with a question. What inspired you to join and get involved with the first tee? Mike, I'll start with you. Sure. I've been a lifelong golfer. I started probably when I was eight years old and just have always loved the game of golf. My dad got me involved. And I have five brothers that I grew up with and all played golf and have always loved it. And along the way, I saw an ad or two about the first tee and how it impacted youth. And I thought, boy, that sounds like something I would be really interested in. And so finally, in I think it was 2012, I decided to just check into it and volunteer. I ended up working with one of our coaches down in Riverbend, a golf course in South Seattle, and... Just fell in love with it and have been with it ever since. Evan, how about yourself? Well, I've been playing golf since the age of 11, and it's always been an important part of my life. I played in high school and college. After college, I kind of entered the workforce and found the first tee through an opportunity to volunteer. From there, I just got a little more involved and started coaching. And, you know, I think it was all those high fives from kids that really hooked me and made it a rewarding experience that I wanted to continue doing. You know, to tie it to today's topic or the topic of this podcast, it was my grandfather who originally introduced me to the game of golf. So I can thank him for being involved in the game at all. Nice segue. Nice segue there, Evan. I'll share my personal story as well. I had a corporate career for about 40 years, and the last 25 years of it was working in the area of leadership development, so actually helping companies hire great leaders, develop those great leaders, and hopefully through good practices and programs, retain those leaders. So I always felt that golf was a tremendous metaphor, really, for life. 
You can tell a lot about a person by spending nine holes on a golf course with them, 18 holes. Their characters revealed, their strengths, maybe some of their derailers, all those things come out. And that always intrigued me. So I thought that it might be interesting when I finally retired to get involved in golf in a way that enabled me to take that insight around leadership and people and work that into the game of golf. And lo and behold, first tee started to surface in the back of my brain. And I said, that sounds like a possible way to get involved. And so I didn't want to get too uh, tied down from a time standpoint. So I started off as a volunteer, but I quickly found out that the first tee has got a lot going for it. First of all, I believe in the mission a lot in terms of positive practices to help youth in their lives. I also saw within the first tee a structure, but a flexible structure. So a structure in terms of how they construct the lessons to integrate in the life skills and the golf skills and also develop people. And that's not just the people that we're teaching the golf skills to, the young people, but also the coaches. There's a process. There is definitely a process that helps the coaches be better at communicating, better at empowering kids and better at teaching kids. And I found that would help me not just in the first tee, but also with my grandkids, with my nephews and all of that. So I saw a great opportunity to make a difference. So Evan, why don't you share with the audience a bit, what is the role of the Director of Programs and Development? Sure. Primarily operations. This year, the development aspect of that is new for me to take on some of the fundraising and community outreach that makes the first team possible. Since we're a 501c3 nonprofit, we do raise the majority of our revenue through charitable giving. And so it's a matter of, you know, special events or individual contributions from community members to make the whole thing possible so that we can provide scholarships for any young person who needs one. No child is turned away ever from the first tee. And what that means is we subsidize about 66% of membership fees and the costs that the chapter incurs for kids to be able to participate. So that's kind of the development side. The operations is the fun part. That's where we have the kids and the coaches at Greengrass facilities throughout the county. And they're going to be learning in weekly classes from adults and young adults like yourselves, Mike and Dean, and all the other, all the other, uh, we have around 200 adults and young adults involved as coaches throughout the year. So that's really the fun part is, you know, the life skills progression that happens from age five to 18 out there on the golf course. Very good. And so I'll get back to that in a second, but Mike, uh, what's your role with the, uh, talk to the audience a little bit about your role with First Team. Yeah, thanks, Dean. I work at a couple of locations on the east side with the first tee, and one of them's a course out in Redmond called Willows Run, and we have about 50 young players out there on a on a Sunday, and I coordinate the other coaches, and we run the program, deliver the curriculum, get them out on the golf course to play, and work with developing them, you know, on the mental and physical side, and as well as helping them with their golf game. So I'm kind of really involved in the actual delivering of the curriculum and working with the coaches and trying to recruit new coaches along the way. And I find that seniors seem to be some of the best coaches. They're so reliable and dependable. The ones that I have with me right now are just fantastic. Sounds like they also can be role models and potentially good coaches to the other coaches, given that sort of extra responsibility that they're able to bring to the table. Yeah, I definitely feel like seniors are uniquely situated to really help us in our program. They, you know, they've been through life. They've been through the ups and downs. And our 
core curriculum talks about being confident and having perseverance and showing good judgment and respect, just to name a few. And every senior has got some great stories about confidence and perseverance and what it takes to be successful in life. And it's a great way for them to deliver some of that and to, you know, help lift up young people and understand better. You know, it's one thing to teach somebody the grip or the stance and or alignment or something like that. But when you can incorporate in that little lesson a story about it and how it may have helped you or helped somebody else, I think that really gives a richness to the learning experience that seniors seem to be able to deliver more readily. Bringing wisdom, bringing experience as they teach and interact and role model for kids, that's, that can be very powerful, can be inspirational, quite frankly, for the kids. So, Evan, you're, part of your job then is to hire and develop the coaches. So let's talk a little bit about that from a senior perspective. So there are a number of seniors here in the Seattle chapter. What typically are some of the questions that you hear from them before they choose to ultimately get involved or as they're thinking about getting involved? Yeah. And, you know, Mike brought up a good point, which is that uh, a lot of times seniors make the best coaches and for a number of reasons. Our coaches are going to range from age 16. You can become a paid coach at age 16, especially if you have experience in the first tee and with volunteering, all the way up to 106. And so our coaching staff really has a wide range of ages and backgrounds, skill sets, experience. And so it kind of depends on how somebody's coming into the program, and that might determine you know what questions they have. Some really common questions are, you know, what's going to be expected of me as a coach? How much leadership will I have in my role? How much am I expected to know about the game of golf? And do I need to be, you know, a certified instructor in order to, you know, become a first year coach? How much do I need to know about the fundamentals of the golf swing? And then, of course, the rules and the etiquette. So how much expertise do I need? What's the commitment level like on a weekly, monthly, annual basis? You know, obviously, compensation questions. We have paid staff. We have many volunteers. Volunteers make up the you know, the foundation of our coaching teams. And so those are some of the basic ones, maybe the age groups. And then what am I going to do with the class? A lot of people understand the concept of the first T. They know about the nine core values, the mission statement, which I believe you mentioned. But what does it look like at the golf course once we're there? What do we do for that 90 minutes, two hours with the class? So those are some of the basic questions that get asked. Wow, those are great questions. And as I look at that list... I think we've got a framework here to really unpack that a bit. One of the reasons I wanted to have both of you gentlemen join is you represent a chapter and the way the First Tee is structured, they have a national organization and then they have chapters throughout the country. I may have this wrong, Evan, but uh, you know how many chapters exactly are there? Just over 150. Yeah. And so each chapter has you know, some core things that they want to be consistent around. And then there's also a lot of flexibility given the resources, given the uh, demographics of the environment that you're working with and the people in the community. And so what do you think, Evan, is somewhat unique about the Seattle chapter as it might uh, differentiate from other chapters you've seen or heard about? Yeah. And, you know, chapters represent basically every metropolitan area in the country and some internationally. One of the cool things is that each chapter really becomes a reflection of its local community and culture. Everything from the kids who are coming to class and the people who get involved to some of the special events in the curriculum that that chapter chooses to adopt is going to represent that you know local community, maybe the businesses, maybe the important social issues, 
even down to the weather that that local area is going to face on a you know seasonal basis. We're pretty fortunate here in Seattle to be able to play year round. We had snow on the ground for three weeks this winter, which is very uncommon. But generally, we pride ourselves on having an area you can play golf for 12 months out of the year. And so those are some of the things. Only two thirds of youth really believe that they have a mentor in their life who can help them kind of transition successfully to adulthood. Looking back, a large portion of youth in our area don't have an adult they can look up to. And that person might be their first tee coach. And so sometimes we don't realize that when we have kids at you know, in our classes, but we might be their primary mentor, you know, outside of their family. And I think that a lot of times is one of the most compelling things, you know, golf aside is just having an adult to look up to. Going further to some of the questions that the seniors might be asking as they think about the first tee, one of them is what's expected of them? And I might start with you, Mike, on this as you think about what's expected of a coach in working with the kids. Let's say it's a volunteer coach who might just be starting off with one hour a week for over a period of eight weeks that they're involved in a particular season and working with you as a staff coach. What's typically expected of that volunteer coach? Well, I would say, first of all, seniors probably have been parents at least and probably are grandparents. So they've got great supervisory antenna up that can see a situation and respond to it quickly and anticipate a situation and respond to it quickly. And that's the first, because our very first most important priority is the safety of our players. And so safety's first. Second is probably having fun. And third would be making new friends to keep them coming back to the game. But in the beginning, I can look back and I first thought that, Hey, well, you know, I played a lot of golf. I'm sure I can give them a, a good golf lesson or two. And, so I had to step back and just kind of observe in the beginning and follow what uh, Patrick, my head coach at the time, was doing and learn the process because in the end, it's not about becoming a great golfer. All that would be nice. It's much more about being a great citizen. Evan, what might you add to that in terms of uh, what's expected of a coach, whether it be a volunteer or a staff coach who's investing more time and perhaps getting paid for their time? Yeah, I would say uh, it includes a few things. You have to be an organizer, an instructor, a nurse, a jester, an entertainer. You know, there are a lot of hats that a first tee coach can wear, you know, when we're we're creating this environment. Uh, I say that in jest because when you get further along, you realize how many different aspects you can develop your own skills as a coach. When you come in, you're just kind of dipping your toes in and and seeing what works and seeing how the whole thing comes together. You're really going to lean on the experienced staff coaches as Mike did when he started with Coach Patrick. And now Mike is one of those resources for others. Over that time for Mike, not only did he just learn you know, the, about the environment and how to create a positive one for kids. But he also developed his own skills and some guided by others. And then some just on his own, he kind of identified areas where maybe in the logistics of a class, communication, planning, and then leadership and training of others, kind of passing along what you've learned to others. And again, they might be other seniors. They might be working professionals, mid-level working professionals. They might be young adults, high school students and college students who are also coaching with us and kind of passing along that torch as a coach. And, and I think that's, that's a big part of it is that we, we're here to make an impact on young people and kind of guide their learning. And yet we also do quite a bit of that 
on our own. Yeah, and uh, that leads me to something, Mike, that I see you do very, very well. You put together, obviously, the lesson plan for the day with the kids, but at whatever different level you're working with. But you also do a terrific job of involving and engaging your coaches, building a team, essentially a team of coaches that really feels they're, they're all working together for the ultimate benefit of the kids. And you, know, you might share a little bit about what you see uh, seniors bringing, particularly to help that process that you sort of establish around the team concept. Again, I really think seniors have such a wealth of experience. And one of the things I like to encourage is we have one lady coach who's a fitness instructor and uh, she's fantastic. And part of our curriculum, we're all about exercise and stretching and warming up at the start of every class. One of the healthy habits. Yeah, one of the healthy habits, exactly. And I mean, that's a natural for her and she loves it and uh, she thrives on it. It's, you know, just a blessing to everybody because, um, I mean, you've got someone who's skilled at it and does a great job with it and enjoys it. And over time, as you get to know who you're coaching with, you find out where their expertise is. And, you know, I can think back to one of our, my coaches, Paul, who uh, was a banker and could talk a lot about goal setting and uh, the type of people that he uh, interacted with in his career and how important goal setting was. And at the birdie level, for example, which is our main topic, our main curriculum for throughout the birdie session, the season, he had some great things to say that were impactful because it's those stories. I really believe it's the stories that are told that really anchor and color in the knowledge that we're trying to teach them. A little example, last Saturday, or last Sunday, I should say, at our birdie class, we were uh, working on goals that were important to you. And so I had everybody in the class, the birdie class, take a three by five card and write down what in this, our eight week session prior to our ninth week, our week nine tournament, what would you like to accomplish in your golf game? And of course, we help them understand a little bit more about what a goal looks like, like what it's important to you, obviously, it's got to be something under your control is something else. And uh, it's got to be specific. And so it was just interesting as you let them take that three by five card and, and write down what their goal was how much more work we had to do to kind of yes, get it more specific, yes. for example. Like one was, I want to hit the ball farther. Well, how much farther do you want to hit it, et cetera. And so uh, it's those little things like that that those coaches bring to it because they've, they've been there, done that, and have that experience. Outstanding. And let's talk just briefly about the different life skills that uh, we introduce the players to and that become such an integral part of the lesson planning and the value that we as coaches can bring to the kids. We'll start off with the target group. So Evan, why don't you just chat a little bit about what the purpose of the target group is, age group, et cetera, because this might inform the ages we work with and some of the life skills that we focus in on. Yeah, the target level is unique. It's intended to be a fun introduction to golf, golf as a concept as much as a game. I say that because the concepts of golf are very important and for young people to learn, which is the concept of having a target and being able to align yourself to that target, that golf is a game so that it has rules. It's often played with others, sometimes against others, sometimes as your partner, sometimes as your opponent, that it has an elapsed time, that there's a starting and finishing place, all kind of the fundamentals, the foundation that's going to help create a positive 
long-term, you know, relationship with the game of golf. So we're not going to cover everything at age five and six. We're going to cover the basics, the things that make the game fun for them and help them want to come back so that we can continue to build on that learning as they go. Excellent. Good start in describing that. Mike, why don't you tackle the player group? That's the next level up. Yeah, that's where they're always having fun. Let's put it that way. That's one of the main factors of the program. And But as they start to learn the curriculum and learn about their golf swing, I think one of the things that we get them to do is, in the beginning, everybody is ball fixated. They can't take their eye off the ball. And uh, over time, I think at the player level, they get from ball fixation to target fixation where that's the object, where am I going to send this thing? And that plus learning the, the nine core values, the beginning of the nine core values, you know, judgment, perseverance, confidence, courtesy, responsibility, respect, integrity, honesty. And we incorporate each of those core values in the program each week. We pick a core value. And in the player level, we're learning those core values over the two or so years that they'll be in a player program. And so that's kind of the overall theme of the player level. We do require that all players start at the player level when they join at least least age seven and up. And from there, they kind of move at their own pace through the progression model. But yeah, the player level is a lot of fun. Uh, I'd say in some ways, you know, that's kind of the hallmark of what the first tee is all about is what happens there at the player level. Evan and Mike continued with an overview of the life skills taught at the par, birdie, and eagle levels. I'll give you a brief overview related to the question, Well, if I get involved in the first tee, what age groups would be the best fit for me? For those of you senior golfers interested in working with older kids starting at roughly the fourth grade up until their teen years and up and through high school, this and these are your groups. It also gives you as seniors an opportunity to bring your extensive experience and wisdom both on and off the golf course to a more advanced set of life and golf skills. We'll start off at the par level, ages 9 and 10. They learn self-management skills, which build on the interpersonal skills introduced to them earlier at the player level. A big part of this is learning how to manage their emotions, positive emotions, negative emotions, or even elevated emotions related to excitement or stress. Seniors' calmness and wisdom in these situations can be a big help to the players at this age level. At the birdie level, ages 11 and 12, the focus is on goals. They begin to understand that goals are simply targets to grow and improve. We see senior coaches all the time bring so much insight and perspective around the importance of goals to succeed in golf, at school, at home, and in life. Big chance to make an impact here. Eagle students ages 13 to 15 are really starting to mature. They're, of course, a little bit taller, they're a little bit stronger, and as we know, are facing lots of temptations and challenges every day. They're introduced to a set of life skills like taking initiative and managing key decisions in your life related to your future. Uh, Example being getting that first job, about handling conflict and making healthy choices. This is where your experience and understanding can really have a huge influence With respect to golf skills, we expect this level to advance their golf skills. So those of you seniors interested in supporting learning more advanced golf techniques would find this a great fit level for you. Ace is the final level at the first tee, ages 15 and up until you turn the age of 18. Most are entering in high school or are in high school. Evan picks it up from here. 
At the ACE level, it uh, there's no longer as much of a defined curriculum. It's more about preparation for your next steps in life. And so it's largely experiential. I have the pleasure of coaching that class uh, most of the time. And so we'll make special visits to golf courses, meet the golf professionals, our board members, volunteers. People will come out and play with the class and sometimes be a guest speaker, really trying to develop some leadership skills. And they also make up the large contingent of our junior advisory board, which serves as a volunteer role. They organize the seasonal equipment sales, which are big yard sales for all of our donated golf equipment. And those raise upwards of $15,000 a year for the chapter. So no small task there to coordinate those sales and preparation for them. It's our junior advisory board and our ACE group who really makes that happen. That's usually going to be the group who is eligible for the national opportunities through the first tee. Those include academies like the Life Skills and Leadership Academy, uh, a number of others, and a lot of people are familiar with the first tee open at Pebble Beach, which is formerly known as the Pure Insurance Championship at Pebble Beach, where participants of the first tee get to play with Champions Tour players in a tournament setting, a sanctioned PGA Tour Champions event. And... Each year, we're up there in terms of the kids who get nominated. There's no guarantee that somebody from your chapter is going to get selected. Only 82 from around the country do. And the past two years, we've actually had two participants selected, which is a big deal. And those are usually ACE members who get to go down to California and play one of the greatest golf courses in the world with the pros. So the ACE level, uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, from there, they graduate high school and they go on to their next stage of life. So it really is a good benchmark for them as they move into their next stages of life. It's really a nice stepping off point. Once you've achieved the ACE level, your golf skills are getting very advanced. Some kids are really starting to look at potentially future careers in the golf industry. Other kids have just benefited completely from the life skill programming and all the other things that they've been able to do all the way through the first tee of progression. And uh, as you say, it's a great stepping off for their next stage in life, whether they're going to school, going to college, getting a job, whatever that might be. And one of the things that I found quite impressive about the first tee, they've done some research and they've found that the kids who get a chance to progress at this level through the first tee organization. We find that they are much more active in their communities doing volunteer work, and they're making an impact on their communities after they leave the first tee. And I think that is so impressive. The coaches have a huge opportunity to impact that along the way. So we talk about integrating in the life skills with the golf fundamentals. And one of the questions that often is asked as you're thinking about getting involved in the first tee is, how much do I need to know about golf? How much do I need to know about the rules of golf? How good do I have to be, quite frankly, at golf to be actually considered to be a coach? And there are specific golf fundamentals that are taught at the first tee that continue to get more advanced throughout all the different levels that we've just spoken about. And then they apply that to very specific golf skills, such as putting, chipping, the approach shots, full swing. Evan, could you take a few minutes and just talk about those golf fundamentals and how that might impact what coaches really need to know about that as they're teaching and getting involved with the kids? Yeah, there are nine golf fundamentals as determined by the first tee or as categorized. And the curriculum, the golf skills curriculum is developed by a national board of educators and PGA professionals, master PGA professionals, as well as school teachers and educators from that sector, you know, all to kind of encapsulate these nine categories that we can focus on, each with its own what we call factors of influence. And so you'll have something like target awareness is the golf 
skill category. And then the factors of influence for target awareness are going to be maybe the selection of the target and the alignment to the target. So that's where you start to get a little more specific. It starts broadly enough where anyone who has played the game of golf or has some familiarity is going to understand the concepts and can deliver it maybe at a high level to a young person. And then, you know, with your expertise, depending on what that is, uh, you can get more specific. So when you talk about alignment, generally you're pointing towards your target. If you want to get more specific, you might start talking about the parallel alignment to the target where you've got your toe line, but you've also got the ball target line. And then how do we do that? You can get as deep as you are comfortable with the golf fundamentals, but we try to keep it pretty basic. Excellent. Mike, would you add anything to that from your experience around the golf fundamentals, particularly with uh, some of the more advanced and uh, older kids in the program, starting at the birdie, eagle age, etc.? Yeah, definitely. I We see that as they progress, and particularly the ones that are really progressing and improving, they end up getting their own coach. They'll have another coach outside of the first tee that's going to help them. They get take lessons from them. So they develop a relationship with that individual. We tend to allow that to happen because we don't want to overlap or be in cross purposes with what they're learning from their coach. So I find that out. An advanced birdie player or eagle player who's using somebody else, and I can think of several examples. I, well, what are they teaching you? Well, just stay with it. We'll just provide the environment for you to reinforce that. And I find that's the best way because, like Evan said earlier, you can get people confused with overanalysis of the swing and keeping it basic is how they really learn, I think. Yeah, and so from that standpoint, really your knowledge of golf, it always helps to be a player and have some basic knowledge of golf, but you don't necessarily have to be that steeped like a PGA professional might be. Although the first tee does have some PGA professionals, Evan being one example, but they have quite a few PGA professionals in some of the chapters that get involved in the teaching. So there's a good combination there of bringing your life skills, experience, and expertise that you can bring to the program day. Certainly, if you have more expertise in the golf swing, you can do that part of it. So there's lots of ways you can bring value as a coach or a volunteer, and that can be something as simple as just having passion for working with kids to somebody who has deep knowledge but knows how to keep it simple as they're teaching it. Any comments to that? Yeah, I would agree. The best way to learn the golf swing and how to teach it is just through hands-on experience, mentorship from others, and we get the privilege of seeing a lot of golf swings at the first tee. We have 2,000 members a year, and that's 2,000 different golf swings. What you start to understand are some commonalities. And it's not always a matter of the right way to teach or the right way to swing the club, but the right way for each person and the swing that's going to suit them best. So what we learn are little tips and tricks to help players understand kind of the, the concepts of the swing, the physics of the swing, and ball flight so that they can develop a swing that they're comfortable with and that they're going to have for a long time. You know, and, and like Mike said, at some point, you know, the first tee is, I believe, essential to a young person's development in the game of golf, a very healthy and important foundation and a place to stay connected as they grow up. However, if they do intend to become a competitive golfer, at some point, having a personal swing coach who you see maybe even just a couple times a year, but for some more often, is going to be essential to, you know, move up the ranks of competitive golf especially if you want to get to, uh, you know, an elite level. And so we do leave the specifics of swing coaching to the professionals outside of the first tee in most cases. Yeah, that's an interesting point because I've had parents come up to me and ask, 
can I get that sort of extra touch, uh, one-on-one instruction from somebody who's a professional coach? But these same parents will come back and say, we love our kids being at the first tee because they get things that they don't get from that one-on-one instruction, or they get things that are so important to how they're behaving and how they're succeeding at school and with uh, some of their social activities. And they just, they don't get that obviously because the focus on those one-on-ones is primarily the golf skills. So they do see that combination being a powerful one-two punch. There is a a structure that uh, the first he believes in. As you've mentioned, Evan, this was developed by people in the instructional world that know how to create good learning, good activity-based learning for kids, as well as in combination with individuals who know a lot about the instructional aspect of the golf swing. And there is a structure that really works well in a typical lesson day within a season. And it has to do with activity-based, mastery-driven, empowering the kids, etc. Mike, why don't I start with you on something that just think of maybe one of those classes that you've taught and you've got your coaches involved. What might be the typical day that the kids would be experiencing? It does depend on what facility you're at and what access to that facility that you have. In the end, it always comes back to at the at most of my wrap-ups and most of my classes, I always ask them, well, what was fun for you today? What did you like about today? And it always seems to come back to, they love to get out and play on the course, and they love the competition. We usually try and make it fun by creating some fun form of competition, and it seems to always come back to that. And within that framework, we're going through a lesson, whether it be distance control, and we set up games for distance control on the putting green and on the driving range. And so we take that from the putting green of the driving range and then out to the golf course. Like at one of our courses, we'll maybe start them off at the 150-yard marker and let them play in from there. So it really allows them to get a full afternoon, a full session of a good drill, learning something about the game and getting out and applying it on the course. Evan, what else would you add to a typical day as you see it uh, involving and integrating in the life skills and the golf skills and, and how that might impact the role of a coach, of a senior coach in helping support that? Yeah, there's a lot of flexibility. You know, everything we do is at the Greengrass facility. And so it might depend on the golf course itself and kind of what spaces are available, what spaces we want to use, what was completed or, you know, how the students participated the previous week and what the plan is for the following week so that the season really has a sense of progression, say from short game to full swing to course play, from course play back to short game or areas where we want to continue to develop. And that's kind of what we call the play practice play, which is first just try the game whether it's a putting game or a chipping game, or try playing on the course. And let's just see what our scores are like. And then let's go back to the practice part where maybe now we have some context and we can develop a better sense of our goals. Okay, so I just played this game of golf. I really got to work on my putting. Or most of my shots are going right. I want to straighten it out. You might not have noticed that when you're on the driving range, but when you get on the course, you can see these patterns. And then you get a chance to practice those. And then in the play, practice, play methodology, then you go back out to the course and see if you've been able to make some of those improvements or develop new shots maybe that you didn't have before. And so whether it's uh, within a class or within a week of classes, uh, that's kind of where a coach can develop you know, their own strategy for what the classes are going to do that given day or week. One of the things I absolutely love about the structure of a typical class 
is the continuous learning aspect of it. And there's a very simple feedback model that the first tee teaches, not just the kids to think about and respond to, but also the coaches. And that's the good, better, how method. And I know when I'm teaching, one of the things I like to do is at the end of the day is get the kids together and the coaches and talk about what went really good today. What could we do better? Or what did you try today that you could do better? And how would you go about doing that? So it's a good first. It's a better in terms of what we could do different. And then it's plussing it by saying how we're going to do that. And I think over time, as the kids and the coaches get familiar with that, that becomes a life skill that they can take with them every single day, whether it be at home, with their friends, at school, in any other community activities. And I think it makes a big difference to the kids. So with that, I'd like to finish up the day with what I call some quick take questions. Quick take questions. So I've got a few here. I'm looking for five to maybe 30 second answers. And we'll start with you, Mike. Core values. Which core value inspires you the most to teach? Confidence. I really believe watching our players develop confidence is just so rewarding. I can just think of one young lady who started with us two years ago, just came out to the practice range, was always at the open range activity that we have each week. And to see her develop in over the last two years is just so impressive. And she was dedicated. She practiced regularly, but watching her develop that confidence. Evan, you, what core value inspires you most to teach? It's hard to pick one. All nine are so important, but I'm going to go with respect. We talk about respect in terms of three things, respecting yourself, others, and surroundings. And we see players develop a real sense, I would say, also of confidence, but respecting themselves as an individual and what's important to them. But then also developing not just respect, but also kind of a relationship with others, becoming attuned to how we all interact in this ecosystem that might be the class or a round of golf, and then ultimately our society. So just kind of a sense of presence and what's happening around you. Perhaps a little more of a fun question. If you guys could um, create your ideal foursome, Evan, this is going to sound like a familiar question. Cre- <laughs> create your ideal foursome. And uh, you're talking to seniors. What would that be? Well, that's, uh, that is a good question. Uh, we discussed this one recently in, at a coach retreat. And I kind of went towards kind of the – because I really think the introduction to golf, to anything for that matter, will really have an impact on how important that – sport or that activity becomes to you and what kind of connection you make with it is that initial introduction, which is what we try to do is introduce kids positively to the game. And so, you know, the reason I'm still playing golf, the reason I'm involved is because of those who introduced me to the game of golf. And so I'm going to go with my grandfather, who's the very first time I swung a club was with him at his country club and, you know, working class country club near Scranton, Pennsylvania. I travel out in the summer and he took me out a couple times and it wasn't until I was around 10 or 11 where came back home and I said, Dad, I actually really want to play this game. And my uncle as well, who lives out that way, he showed me how to cut and regrip clubs and build my own golf clubs. And so by the time I was in high school, I was ordering components and kind of building my own set, which I, that's just another aspect of golf. It's not just swinging the club. There's so much to it that you might take an interest in. And then, you know, Fred Couples is a hometown hero in Seattle. And I think sometimes It takes a professional or somebody at the elite level to really inspire you to play the game the best you can. 
And so, you know, those of us who know the game of golf, he makes it look easy. He makes it look fluid and effortless. And he also makes it look fun. And so I'd say those three people, I would love to get them in a foursome and be able to kind of enjoy 18 holes with them. Now, I'm sure your grandfather and uncle would like that foursome too. Sounds like a lot of fun. Mike, from your perspective, ideal foursome. Yeah. So I mentioned at the outset, I, I learned my golf from my dad and was played a lot of golf with my brothers. My dad, we, we always had, we learned out a course out in uh, Northeast Seattle called Sand Point. And every June, they would, the weekend of the, the U.S. Open, they would have the father and son. And so my dad was taught us competition from the get-go. And he says, okay, boys, you guys are going to, my brother Tom, my brother Steve, and myself would go play to see who was going to get to play with him in the father and son. And so my foursome would be my two brothers, Tom and Steve, myself, and my dad. And we'd have a little competition to see who was going to get to play with him in the father and son. That'd be awesome. For me, um, I would uh, echo my dad was the one who introduced me to golf. My dad uh, started playing golf uh, back when I was about 10 years old, and he introduced me, and we played a lot together growing up. And that was a tremendous amount of fun. I went on to continue with it. My dad sort of put it aside later in life. But then we came back again and played uh, when he was in his 70s. And we started playing a lot more again. And that was really special to be able to share that with him. So he would be one. I'd also add in Nancy Lopez, who I have great respect for. She was very competitive. I think she represented the modern day lady of her time in terms of somebody who was strong of personality, strong of opinion and very competitive, but very gracious as well. And I think she'd be a, a blast to have. And then I would love to have Gary Player join us as well. Gary Player, if you listen to him speak today, he's constantly talking about healthy habits, both in terms of exercise, in terms of your diet, in terms of how you carry yourself. And he's probably the preeminent representative of being fit in life not just as a young person, but carrying that forward even today as he's doing thousands of push-ups and sit-ups every single day, an inspiration to all seniors. I would love to have that group together. I'd learn a ton. I know that everybody else would learn as well with that kind of a group. So final question, one thing that you would recommend to seniors, a kind of a parting thought, quick take, recommend to seniors about what they would be able to get out of being involved in the first team. Well, Dean, I'll take that first. I, uh, I think for a lot of us, we get involved with the first team, maybe nonprofits uh, in general, charity organizations, for a chance to give back and give what we know and what we have and impart that on others. I think for a lot of us, what keeps us involved is what we actually derive from the experience. And that's what a lot of coaches and people realize is how much they can gain by giving. And just a community of great people to be around, like-minded people who enjoy the game of golf, who have a personal connection with it. You know, I think that's why we all continue to play the game is because it is more than a game to us. So the community of people, just the overall experience, it ends up being a lot more than just teaching the swing and helping kids improve their scores, but much more than that. A lot of personal needs that we can get from that experience. Mike, how about yourself? Well, I was going to say virtually the same thing that Evan said, but I'll just add that it just, I imagine there are a lot of seniors out there who have been thinking about this and, you know, what really is it? And now that I know what it is, what do I need to do? And I would just say, go do it. Just uh, 
our website is thefirsttfseattle.org and go on to that, that and check that out. Just go for it. Evan talked earlier about getting high fives from the kids at the end of each class. And there is some energy in that. And it's just a, a warm feeling that you get at the end of each class when they're smiling and, and you're smiling and you're high-fiving them and they look forward to come back next week. And so just do it. If you're a parent or a grandparent or a family member introducing kids to golf, I do hope you found some of the tips in this episode helpful. I know I sure wish the first tee was around when I was introducing my kids to golf. It sure would have helped. If you're interested in getting involved in the first tee, go to their website, thefirsttee.org. You'll find a ton of information about the organization and the locations of a chapter near you. If you'd like to leave a review or comment, please visit my website at theseniorgolferadvisor.com. Again, thanks for listening and enjoy the game.